and welcome to the next podcast of Confessions of a Letting Agency. Uh, today we have a very special guest and we're going to talk about the changing legal landscape for landlords and what may lie ahead. We've got Daryl who is uh, dialing in from Bournemouth. Now Daryl basically, I'll let him introduce himself in a moment, but Daryl handles all our legal training at My Property Box and has done for years. You know, if we also have Gemma on 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 the uh, on the on the podcast, which you'll all know from the last few legal. Updates. Hi, everyone. But I would say if Gemma's, I always say Gemma's like second Dan or third Dan in legal. Daryl is like the the master tenth Dan. So uh, Daryl, just give us an introduction. Tell us a bit about your background and your experience. Hi, my name. Yeah, my name's Daryl Kwong. I'm I I own DWK Consultancy, which is as Ben was alluding to, is is a, a bespoke consultancy re- regarding legal training in relation to, to housing uh, or the private rented sector, if that's a better way of saying it, Ben. Um, I've actually worked in lettings. This will be my 25th year, wow. um, which is pretty <laughs> scary. Yeah, I started, or coming up to the 25th year, so I started in 1996 um, when letting agents were, there were hardly any letting agents, mm-hmm. actually, in, in those days. Uh, I always remember my first job uh, was working for a, as a letting letting neg uh, oh, in yes. the road in a road very close to me, and um, I always remember the the owner of that business saying to me, Daryl, um, we are the poor relation to the estate agent. That's what it was back in the, that's what it was back in 1996. Yeah. Yeah. There were there were estate eight estate agents in my road, yeah. and um, we were the only letting agent. Wow! And if you fast if you fast forward 24 years now, Ben, as you probably know. There's probably more letting agents than estate agents, yeah. so to speak. Right. Yeah. Uh, or every every estate agent has a, a lettings arm because obviously mm. it's a it's a fast growing business and um, it's a cash cash rich uh, business in that sense. But my job uh, for the last ten years has been uh, teaching people um, regarding the compliance and legal side of being a landlord stroke letting agent. And as you know, Ben um, and Gemma knows in particular. Being, haven't been on my courses yes. uh, there are huge amounts of compliance and legal obligations that a landlord and letting agent uh, have and to make sure and I always say it to make sure that they protect one of their most valuable assets so it's all about actually about protecting yourselves because in the end um, there are significant uh, consequences negative consequences for a landlord if they don't um, yeah. comply with all the bits of legislation and that's why it's so important if you're a landlord to understand it uh, if you're letting an agent manage it then it's yeah. so important to understand that um the agent you choose uh has the knowledge and 100 percent competency to protect themselves and Jim, you you've known daryl for years and been on loads of his courses I mean, how important is it going on these courses Darryl runs? oh honestly i, I mean daryl has literally taught me everything i know about the legal background of, of lettings um so obviously i've been in the business 16 years mm. and pretty much right from the start we we sort of um started all the the training courses and that's where i met daryl and it's just so important and the courses daryl does are fantastic they're really really engaging um interesting and i found that sort of going on the actual courses that i picked up so much but we also do have daryl here as well um you know if someone comes to me and, and asks me a question and it's something that may not you know i may not have come across before you know i always go to daryl um he's just there at the end uh, of an email and yeah he's he's great he's uh it's just so important nowadays even more so nowadays to literally know everything there is to know about the legal sector because it it's really changed so much as i'm sure daryl will 
will know and, and uh, how much it has changed. Yeah. So, Darrell, you just talk us through in 1996 when you started off as um, a letting agent to now, roughly. I know this is a long conversation and we, we don't have masses of time, but just in brief, what did you have to do in 1996 as a landlord and what do you have to do today in comparison? And what yeah, no, that's uh, that, as I said that you probably need a podcast about seven hours long, Ben, to, uh, to, to, fill in, to, fill in, <laughs> to certainly fill in the gaps. Uh, one of, that's, that's actually a, a fantastic question to ask, actually, because it's one of the things that I always start with on one of my basic law courses. Which the only reason I think Gemma turns up for is the food, to be honest, rather than the training. <laughs> the food is very good. <laughs> so, you know, I, that's one. That's the only reason I go is for the, for the food. Um, but in terms of uh, compliance, uh, yeah, back in 1996, the only thing that I had to remember doing in those days, well, there are actually two issues, which I won't hopefully bore you with too much, was a, a gas safety record, uh, which mm-hmm. was one back in 96. And the other thing that people had to serve for those older landlords out there without being disrespectful uh, was a section 20 notice. And that might be teach. Uh, that might be testing uh, Gemma's knowledge, if you remember what a section 20 notice is. <laughs> yeah, you do. I I'd actually yeah, Section 20 notice was a notice that you had to serve upon a tenant to say that actually this tenancy uh, was going to be an assured shorthold. Uh, and that's really, that's actually really important. So if someone's got an old type of tenancy from pre-1997, the actual default tenancy in those days was an assured tenancy. That's right. Uh, yes. And you had to prove that you served a Section 20 to say actually this tenancy is not going to be an assured tenancy, it's actually going to be an assured shorthold. Right. And if you serve a section, if you serve a section twenty-one today on an old type of tenancy, the solicitor will ask you that question: Can can you mm-hmm. prove to me, and do you have the proof that you've served a section twenty notice? Because if you, you if you can't prove that, then actually your tenancy is not an assured shorthold; it's an assured tenancy, mm-hmm. which basically yeah. changes the whole. Um, tenure of that tenant that makes it a lot more difficult to get possession so um, compliance impact then was quite important but if you fast forward 24 years the the amount of legislation you've got now Ben you know you've got um, you've got electrical safety you've got uh, deposit compliance you've got HMO legislation which comes through the housing act 2000, uh, 2004 yeah uh, you've got EPCs uh, they've got deregulation act and they've got all the plethora of court cases in between I always say that a letting agent's job now is almost being um, akin to an amateur solicitor. Yes. That's what yeah. a, that's what a landlord is employing. They yeah. are they are employing the skills of a amateur solicitor to protect themselves mm-hmm. and their most valuable asset. Yeah. Obviously, there are other skills which are really important, and that's the personal skills, which I know you guys absolutely have at my yeah. property box. But the most important skill, ultimately, yeah. is, is the knowledge for me. Uh, which obviously I'm going to say as a trainer, yes. but that's where we are going. And I know we'll mm. be discussing future legislation at some point of yeah. what's going to be happening over the next couple of years, but that is where we're going. So, yeah. so what, regulation yeah. of. Darrell, what would you say to a landlord that's listening to this that's just a new landlord? <laughs> it, 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 his or her friend next door, a neighbour, has always done it himself over the years, and he thought, you know what, I'm just going to save on training fees, letting fees, I'm going to try and do this myself. What would you say to that person that's, that's thinking of doing it themselves and not using a professional? Um, yeah, well, obviously that's they they have those choices. Um, obviously, what you don't what you don't know, you don't know. That's the issue. If you don't know something, you're not going to know it, um, and that's the issue. Ninety eight percent of the time, the letting that you do will go fine. You'll have a fantastic relationship with your tenant. You'll move them in. You'll move them out, and there won't be a problem. But it's the two percent of the time <clears throat> that it goes wrong, yeah. which yeah. could be spectacularly 
uh, inconvenient for you as a landlord in terms of cost, stress, possession, all those things which could add up. So, yeah, I fully accept 98% of the time a tenancy will go well because there's a great relationship between the tenant and the landlord and there's no problem. The yeah. letting agent is worth their weight in gold and making sure those problems for the 2% don't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I said, it's like why you, that's why you have buildings insurance, you have car insurance, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Most of the time, hopefully, there'll be no problem. Mm. Uh, but using a letting agent is really important in, in relation to understanding your obligations. And there are Absolutely. so many now, Ben and yeah. Gemma, as yeah. you know, that having a letting agent on board gives you that confidence as a landlord that you are doing things correctly yeah. um, because we are in a world of litigation uh, wherever there is a, a blame there is a claim yes. uh, and there, that's, that's where we are going sadly yeah. uh, and it's the job of a letting agent to protect their client landlord to the best of their ability so for me I, I would say unless a landlord is competent and confident in what the, they're required to do which I'm, there are some landlords out there like that but as you know, Ben and Gemma, I mean, I, I, I've trained probably six or seven thousand landlords over the last ten years. Yes. Uh, in London, where I was doing the training for the London councils, and also in Wales, where I was, where I was doing training for Rent Smart Wales, which obviously is where England is going in relation to agents and landlords being qualified and competent yeah. to be a landlord or an agent. And the majority of landlords I, I meet on these training courses don't have a clue. Yeah, no. they have right. no clue of what the law requires of them. Yeah. Not because they're deliberately doing that; mm -hmm. it's because when they bring out legislation, <laughs> no one tells them that yeah. they've got no. to do X, Y, and Z. But it's their job, as the landlord, as a professional mm -hmm. landlord, a, a person that's earning money from uh, their property portfolio, to understand those changes. Yes. I always bring up the uh, the sort of uh, scenario of, of how many people actually have read the Highway Code recently in terms of driving. Yes. Now, they change the highway code quite <clears throat> regularly to obviously reflect changes in pr good practice and, and law changes, etc. But very few people read the highway code. But legally, you have to understand what the highway code says, even if you may have not known that there's been a change. And it yes. the exact same logic applies to a landlord. So you can't say to a judge, well, I, I didn't know that had changed, Your Honor, or I didn't know that was yeah. my obligation. Because mm -hmm. as a landlord, you are obligated to know that. Hence the importance of using, at the mm. very least, a, a very good agent, such as yourself, obviously, Ben and Jim. Of course. I um, have to say, there's been a few courses <coughs> that I've been on, um, and this, I, I always remember this one day, and I think it was to do with the, when the deposits, you know, registering the deposits come out, and then all of the prescribed information, and it was a really big course, and honestly, I remember sat there looking around at, at other people and loads of agents and, and landlords we just sat there with a head in hands because it was that intense and that kind of like, oh my God, we're going to have to make so many changes here. Everyone was just like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And that's yeah. been the case for quite quite a lot of courses we've been on because it mm -hmm. is, the changes yeah. are, are just really in depth. Well, you know, you know, the positive of this, you know, the, the, the harder they make it for landlords is the reason we have a job. It's the reason to have a lot of job yeah. reason we have a business. You know, it's, it's, it's the reason. So, you know, if you're an agent listening to this, you know, it is a good time to be an agent. Yes, there's a lot to learn and, and you need to do it right. But, you know, there is a business there because, you know, as Daryl says, you know, it's difficult as a landlord, really, unless you're a professional landlord. You know, and you're gonna you're gonna learn all the legal side of things. And, you know, you do really need to use an agent to avoid, you know, liabilities. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to COVID. Obviously, uh, Daryl, it's changing times now with COVID. What generally, and again, I know this is a long conversation. I know there's all been sort. What generally, to summarise, are landlords need to be aware of now, you know, during COVID and, and the things that have changed. In, in terms of 
obviously day-to-day -day issues obviously there's all the risk assessments that you need to undertake in terms of the uh, processes and procedures that you would be doing so just from very simple viewings take into account all the guidance which the government have provided in relation to self distancing uh, virtual tours those types of issues whether you'll be doing inspections etc obviously the biggest change for most landlords is in relation to potentially the eviction process which mm -hmm. I know you've spoken about uh, <clears throat> on previous podcasts so the length of notice etc uh, the the backlog in the courts etc so if you're unlucky enough to have a, uh, a tenant who's unable to pay the rent the mm. whole process in relation to serving notice uh, and getting possession back through the courts has become much more complicated uh, and it's con continually changing as uh, events have changed as you probably know uh, at the moment uh, for section 21 it's six months uh, notice to the tenant mm -hmm. up until the end of March so that will be an obligation until the end of March next year um, that will probably be extended depending on where we are with the virus back in 2021 so there are lots of negative consequences from COVID which obviously people expect in relation to, to renting a property out but again equally important a landlord needs to know yeah. um, those changes and make sure that they follow those changes because mm -hmm. if you serve notice which is too short or if you don't understand the court process that's going to cost you more time and stress yeah. Uh, hence yeah. why you do need to get the advice of professionals uh, in terms of what you should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um, and obviously, sorry, did you mention the bailiffs as well as the last thing they've just changed, <coughs> isn't it, recently? Yeah, the bailiffs, uh, again, yeah, I mean, um, they, they've said that uh, during uh, a lockdown that they would not be enforcing a court order. So you, the courts are still open, mm -hmm. so you could get a court order. But what you couldn't do, if you're, if you're lucky enough to get a court order, uh, but what you can't do at the moment is enforce that court order because at the moment, during lockdown, um, <clears throat> the, the bailiffs have been ordered not to evict or not enforce those orders. And uh, considering that the lockdown ends on the 2nd of December, then we run into the normal Christmas, I can never get the wording, can never say it right, moratorium, as in they don't, they don't evict over Christmas, which is always the same uh, every year, irrespective of COVID. So... Mm -hmm. You can't evict during the lockdown period, which runs up to the 2nd of December. That may be extended, obviously. And then we run straight into the Christmas moratorium, which mm -hmm. basically means that bailiffs don't evict over the Christmas period anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so therefore, there could, you could have a court order today, but it may take you until January, February or March of next year to yeah. be able, sadly, Ben and Gemma, to get a, uh, a bailiff to enforce that court order. Yeah. Wow. So sadly, yeah. it's one of those um, situations which uh, a landlord can't do much about at the moment, I'm afraid. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, let's move on to talk about the future. So, um, what can you see? What are the rumours? What's been said in the industry? What is going to happen in the next few years for landlords and agents? What can you see happening? Well, obviously, there's um, the, 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 the big changes. Well, I think the first, the biggest one is the abolishment of Section 21. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously, from our landlord's perspective, um, something which sounds quite scary in relation to I'm not going to be able to get my property back at, uh, yeah. at a sort of shorter notice period or uh, for any any for any no blame reason so as we discussed earlier actually it's almost going full circle back to 1996 when we had assured tenancies because that's basically mm -hmm. what the abolishment of a section 21 will be doing it will be getting rid of the, the landlord's ability to get uh, to get the property back uh, yeah. un under a, a no blame route there will be some exempt, uh, exceptions as in if you are selling the property or you need the property back to sell then you'll be able to do it that way but the that's probably going to be one of the biggest changes I think it was actually headline news on the BBC when it was first announced about a year ago 
obviously with COVID, etc., it's been pushed back a little bit further down the line. Uh, but I assume when we are back to the said normal, uh, that will probably be uh, processed further. So that's probably one of the big changes yeah. for landlords is that they're trying to remove the ability to for a landlord to use a section 21. Have, have, we, got most... a, have we got a date for that yet, Daryl? Sorry, have we got a time? No, scale? we haven't. We Absolutely not. I mean, I never listen to time. It's a bit like Brexit, Ben. I never <laughs> listen to a time scale or a deadline because they always <laughs> tend to push it back. So it's just one of those situations, I'm afraid, where it's watch this space. But yeah. if you just look at the government's attitude or irrespective of whether it's Labour or Conservative, both of those parties have uh, committed okay. to uh, abolishing section 21. So yeah. that's where we're going. Okay. Now, I, I would say, when you look at it in in uh, the overview, if I said to you, Ben and Gemma, I said, if, if, if you've got a fantastic tenant who always pays the rent and doesn't want to leave, mm-hmm. isn't that the isn't that the perfect description of one of your yeah. tenants? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah, basically absolutely. what it is. Why would absolutely, you, want, you, you wouldn't want to then, would you? If you didn't correct, have to, you wouldn't want to. Absolutely, Gemma. Would you? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think what it's trying to get, what the government are trying to. Um, remove if i'm being honest ben and Gemma, is the the short term yeah buy to let landlord who wants to rent out for five years or ten years they want they want long-term investors back into yeah. the market yeah uh, which again from my perspective i've got no problem with so they're yeah. saying actually if the tenant wants to live here for the next 20 years and they're always going to pay their rent we yeah. don't want landlords just serving them with section 21s after year two or year three yeah which mm-hmm. most of your landlords are probably long term yeah so in a sense it won't affect those but yeah, it may affect the accidental landlord. Yeah, now, that's right. I yes. had a few when I was a letting agent who said, "Look, I'm just going to go and travel around Europe, Daryl. Can you yeah. rent my property out for 12 months?" Mm-hmm. At the moment, you'll probably be saying, that "I can't do." Well, I can do that, but just be aware you can't serve a Section 21. So, what you need to be mindful of all the things that you need to be considering if you want your pos- possession of your property back hmm. uh, in the short term. And it may be that you go down the Airbnb route. Again, that's a discussion for a different day. But yeah. um, So they're, they're the changes which I think the government wants. So that's probably one of the biggest changes in terms of the abolishment of Section 21. Okay. And again, again, as I think you've discussed, the other big one I discussed, I mentioned earlier is the regulation of property agents and landlords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that will probably happen in the next four to five years in terms of uh, of landlords and letting agents all being qualified yeah. yes. to operate as a landlord or letting agent, which I have no problem with. Again, no. I would probably say that having uh, <laughs> yeah. a sort of buy buy in in that in terms of training. But as I mentioned <laughs> earlier, Ben, I, I do the, I did the training for the London Landlord Accreditation Scheme, and I was one of the the trainers for Rent Smart Wells. So wow. I know okay. all the training. I've done all the training yeah. in that sense, and that's where we are going. Which okay. for me, as I said, um, when landlords come on my courses and and do the training. Um, one of the things at the end of the day, they're a bit apprehensive. They're thinking, actually, Daryl, this is this is all, all this is is a money making exercise at the very start of the day. By the end of the day, they come up to me and say, actually, Daryl, I've learned a hell of a lot today, mm. and mm. it's going to help me manage my property better. And as I said earlier, protect myself yes. from those claims from tenants and whoever they're going to yeah. be, other parties, in relation to me not complying with my legislation. So actually, I would say 98% of the landlords who come on my courses by the end of the day they found it really beneficial for yeah. them not for yeah. the councils or the government yeah yeah but for them yeah so they're, they're I, the two big changes i definitely think the uh, qualification one I, I think that it would be a great thing to have i think you know there is a lot of agents you know that just think oh okay i'll i'll be a letting agent because you know there's there's a lot of properties out there there's money to make from it and they don't actually know a lot of the legal implications there is a lot out there um, so, you know, they might have really cheap fees, but they may not know 
what they're doing. And so I, I definitely welcome that. I think it would be a, a really good thing to have. What else have we got, Daryl, coming up? Is that, is that it for the future? Can you see anything else coming in? Is there rumours of anything? Um, um, in ter- again, there may be quite... I think they're the two big changes. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've got... Um, in terms of the short term, we've obviously got the... There's a big drive towards energy efficiency. Yes. Um, so, as you know, there may be some other changes to EPCs, EPC, and minimum, yeah. re- minimum, rent, uh, minimum standards, etc. Yeah. I think yeah. there was a report the other day saying they wanted it to be minimum C by 2025. Now, how achievable that is, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but obviously, at the moment, I think it runs out at the end of March. Is the Homes Energy Grant, which yes. uh, Rishi Shunak mentioned as part of COVID. So, <laughs> if any of your landlords are out there, then I would certainly say, if you want, if you've got a property in the sort of D or E rating bracket, then if you can research the Homes Grants, because you've got to get it all all the work done by by March of next year. Yes. Then that might be one way of funding uh, the works to get it up to C because at mm-hmm. some stage it will be C or above yeah I understood it to be 2030 but there was an article the other day saying the government wants to say 2025 yeah which is not that long away now it's only four and a bit years so yeah landlords need to be certainly aware of that potential change there and again we've got um, in the short term uh, again it should have come in and it would have come in if, if it wasn't for COVID we've got the carbon monoxide alarms for gas appliances all oh, right um, okay which, yeah right. so that's coming in uh, okay. so at the moment we only have a carbon monoxide alarm for a solid fuel appliance right. yeah um, but that will be um, a mandatory requirement for gas appliances so i always just say you know if you're going to do your gas safeties uh if there's a landlord listening who's got gas safety record just get your gas engineer to fit a carbon monoxide alarm now because yeah. the last thing yeah. you want to be doing is when they rush the legislation through and if you can remember smoke alarms ben and Gemma, they i think they announced it in the middle of september and said by the first of October, yeah. Yeah. every property, every property's got to have a smoke alarm. So everyone was running around in 2015 putting smoke alarms in because yeah. it was a last minute, not a last minute, but it was a very short notice period. So mm. I assume that the very same will happen to carbon monoxide alarms. They will just give you a two week notice period and say you've got to put them in or got yeah. to have them in. So rather than pay someone to go and do it separately, uh, yeah. just get them done just get them done now when the uh, yeah. engineer is putting a ga- uh, doing his his or her gas safety record that would be my advice from a landlord's perspective very good thank you Daryl. and just just one question for you i heard a rumor last year and i don't know it's just a rumor that long term they might rewrite the whole housing act have you heard that one and oh, change that, everything and, and tr- wipe it clean and start with a fresh clean slate i don't know if you've heard that one that, that that sort of fits into the section 21 um abolishment because section tw- to to change section 21 or to abolish section 21 if i'm being honest ben mm-hmm. uh requires almost a rewriting of the housing act because uh, you know there are so many things that are connected to section 21 mm-hmm. deposit protection yeah. uh, all the things that you yeah. give you know if i say how to rent guide epc all of that has connections yeah, yeah. to section mm-hmm. 21 so you are right in the sense that i think when they have to when they when they abolish the section 21 there will almost be a rewriting of the housing act okay uh, there was there's going to have to be uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be akin i think i did a blog and i said it's going to be akin to the brexit negotiations or the brexit uh, withdrawal agreement so it's going to be that type of setup so it's not going to be an yeah. overnight thing there, there needs to be a lot of work which will need to be yeah. undertaken to um incorporate the abolishment of section 21 ben so you are right in that sense okay that's that's brilliant that's brilliant daryl thank you and um just to finish off, Daryl, have you got a funny story you've come across over the years in lettings and training? So far, we've had bonds left in cash on cars, 
We've had uh, previous staff um, burn their clothes after getting bitten by fleas on inspections. Uh, walking the toilet, using the toilet, and can't find the stop tap. We've had all sorts of things. Like anything that's happened to you over the years. Oh, you uh, in twenty for twenty-four years. Uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff. I'm not too sure how, what I can say on this program without. Um, <laughs> is it obviously the what time's the watershed? Is it? Uh, yeah, okay. So we're, we're, well, it's half ten. Can I just say it's half ten in the morning? I'm not obviously. I don't know what time people are listening to the podcast, but yeah, I think my my first one was when I was a naive, uh, not naive, but I was a bit of a wet behind agent, wet behind the ears agent. That's the right way of referring to myself. <laughs> And um, one of one one of the nanos found up and said, "I haven't, I haven't, I haven't." She um, she lived next door to the property that we were managing. There was a, a young French student who had uh, one of those properties. She said, "I haven't seen her for a few days. I, I normally see her every day going to school, college, whatever it's going to be." I'm concerned for her safety, so I phoned her on the number that we had, and uh, she didn't answer. So she says, "I've got a set of keys. So do you want to go around with me and?" Um, let's see if this person's okay. So we sort of tiptoed round. She she was with me behind my shoulder. So we opened the door, opened it, went in. It was it was completely dark as all the curtains are being closed. So um, went in. So I was going. I was just follow me through the through the flat. So the, I think one of the first doors we opened was obviously the bedroom door. So I opened the bedroom door, and it was pitch black. The curtains were closed, and I just saw the silhouette of this body on the bed. And as soon as I opened the door, I thought I think I saw her head turn. Uh, so I knew she was alive. Oh, I think she was alive. So I turned around to the landlady and said, hey, she's, I think she's okay. <laughs> so we quietly closed the door and went out of the flat. And then I was about to get into my car, and the next thing that comes out is a naked French woman with a <laughs> massive broom handle <laughs> beating my car. <laughs> In the mid- she start naked on, the- on basically in this road where people were driving past and walking past. So it just made me look like some um, sex attacker without saying too dis- <laughs> disrespectful to myself. But that was pre- I think it was only wow. I was only like 22, 23. If I'm but I hadn't seen many naked women at that stage of my life then. So <laughs> it was just one of those. So yeah. it's just wow. yeah, it's one of the- but there are lots of um, yeah. I've had lots of stories like that. I mean, I think the worst one I ever had in terms of my my career was. You might remember it. I was, in terms of what you may do during winter, one of my tasks as, a, as as the junior agent was to make sure that all the properties were drained down during the winter. And uh, I forgot one property, obviously, to oh, drain no. down. Turned up there with the landlord, opened up the opened the door, and the first one we heard was drip. Oh, drip. oh no. no. Yeah, I know. It was The pipes are frozen. Um, yeah, and it just oh, poured out, obviously, and then it just flooded, so... It was 20, this was back in 98, 99, and that, it was still almost 20 grand's worth of damage. Wow. Oh, which, wow. Our, which our company had to pay. Oh, oh goodness me, wow. I know. You, didn't, I know. you didn't get a promotion that year then? It took me quite a long time, actually, Ben. Yeah, I think one, of, one of the people had to die in, in the company for me to, to get promoted, but yeah, it was. It was, yeah, it was, you learn, as you know, you Absolutely. learn from, It's an experience uh, job, isn't it? Massively, just, massively. Yeah, and that's that's why I say to landlords. I've never had a problem, Daryl, and I always say, yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's, it. that's so true. Say. That's so true. So it's one of those situations where it's so important, as I said, to use professional, competent agents, such as yourselves, to manage the properties, because... There's always going to be the odd one, Ben. As you know, you have the best run letting agent in the world. And there will be things that will go wrong. Of course, of course. I, yeah. fully, I fully accept that. But that's why it's important to use a competent agent to make sure that they've got professional con- con- uh, indemnity insurance, they've got client money protection, all those things. But equally as important, 
that they have knowledgeable staff and asking Gemma questions to make sure that she knows what she's doing is an important part of what I would do if I was a landlord. I'd be going to Gemma, yeah. in this situation, what do I do? Uh, yeah. What legislation do I need to follow? So when mm-hmm. you're going to, when you're trying to evaluate agents that you want to use, as Gemma very clearly referred to earlier, it's not about price. It's about yes. competency. Absolutely. Right. In the end, the, the low price commission agents, uh, in my experience, will not protect your property to the best of their ability. Unlike yourselves, hopefully. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's one of them industries well. where you, you, do, you do get what you pay for, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, Daryl. That was absolutely thank you so brilliant. Much. I really appreciate that. And uh, thank you to Gemma. And um, if you guys are listening, you've got any questions for Daryl, Gemma, myself, drop us an email and um, we'll put them on the end of this podcast. And yeah, thank you for listening. And hopefully um, we will see you again, Daryl. I'll hear from you again soon. Thank you. That's very kind. Yeah, it's, it's a long way to come to, to Darlington. So I'm based on the south coast in Bournemouth. So I think it's about, is it 360 odd miles, I think, to, to come to you guys. You'll have to so. have a Palmo when you come up to the northeast. Palmo? Oh, oh, what? Oh, what? We'll tell you about that another time. No, <laughs> that... ch- chicken Palmo. <laughs> Oh, is that a northern thing? Is it like is it like um, chips and gravy? Yeah, one of is them. That a Manchester? I, I, yeah. Okay. Right. Thank Thanks you, for guys. Thank, Thank you, Darryl. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Cheers, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.